Hey, Calvary Church family, here we are once again in our midweek study of the Word of God, launching back into the deep with a guy named Jonah in our study of the life of Jonah in the Scripture. We talked last week about God sending forth this messenger, this this prophet bringing forth a message of hope to the people of Nineveh so that they would turn from their wicked way, repent of their sin, and turn back to God. It's an amazing story we can see in the Scripture. When you look at Jonah, you can learn a lot about God, about the Bible, and a lot of things we can talk about even today. We'll just kind of hit a few for a second. We learn about God's justice and God's mercy. We learn that God's merciful, yet God's also a just God. We learn that God's a God that doesn't permit wickedness and that man must repent. We must repent of sinfulness in our life. We learn about the tension between what God sees and what we see. God had this plan for Nineveh. Jonah had that plan for Nineveh. Jonah went a different way. He, he uh, did not care what God thought. He went his direction, and he had to repent of his own sinfulness against God himself. We also see that even life storms, there's, all, there's awesome hope coming through the storms of life. Even in difficult days, we serve a God who brings to us hope in the storms of life. And what about this? We see that there are consequences for disobeying God. Jonah paid the price because he did not obey God. Let's think about what might be the strongest part, though, of the book of Jonah. And it simply is this. We can learn about the mercy of God. As you go across the, the pages of Scripture, we can see that time and again, as we search through the Bible, we find that God's mercy is really a theme of Scripture. God is a very merciful God. I don't know about you, but I thank God for His mercy in my life today. Are you thankful right now that God has been merciful to you? Every one of us can just kind of look at our life and go, man, had it not been for God, I would not be where I am. I thank God today for mercy in my life. In fact, Hebrews chapter 4 tells us this. It says, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. God always has for you and for me the mercy we need just at the right time of life. The book of Jonah is a tremendous picture of God's messengers and God's message. God is sending people even today. He's sending me. He's sending you. But our message must be a message of mercy for everyone in the time of need in their life. Let's go to Jonah chapter 3. And let's pick this up today for just a brief conversation on Jonah going back to Nineveh. Now, just for some from clarity here, Jonah, he's already went back to Nineveh. He's got his mind right with God. He's gone back to preach to them. They've heard the message, and this is their response. Chapter 3, verse 5. Here we go. So the people of Nineveh believed God. Do you see it? Jonah preached, and they believed. And they proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Now, just for clarity, the king comes out. He declares an entire nationwide fast. Humans and animals alike, sackcloth and ashes, no food, and let's cry before God. And look at it in verse 8. Go to verse 8 for just time's sake. It says, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that's in his hands, it says. Verse 9 and 10, two more verses. 
Who can tell, he says, if God will indeed turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Go to verse 10, final verse. Then God saw their works, that, he tur- that they turned from their evil ways, and God relented from the disaster that he said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. How amazing is it to see that God's mercy was always there. All they had to do was repent and turn from their wicked ways. Let's rewind back to Nineveh, though, for just a second. You might think about the story and think to yourself, you know, that's them. I'm now. I'm here. They're there. This isn't about me. Well, you might even think, well, that's for those people in that city, in that time, in that space. When you read the Bible, though, let me give you two things to always look for. First of all, look for Jesus. He is on every page. When you look at the scripture, always ask yourself, what does this tell me about Jesus Christ? Secondly, always see yourself in the story. This isn't about them. It's about us. It's not about then, it's about now. Because the same message of hope that they heard that day in that time in that space, we can hear today and we can receive God's mercy for our life as well. Let's go back even before Nineveh to the book of Genesis real fast. Life was going great. They're in the Garden of Eden. Life is wonderful. They're walking with God. They have all they need. No sickness, no disease, no virus, nothing is wrong. What came in? Sin came in. Everything we deal with today in life is the result of sin. Sickness, disease, death is all part of the curse of sin. Let's just talk about sin for a second. We could, not a, not a common topic nowadays. No one likes to talk about sin. Everything in life, though, that's bad comes from the sin nature and comes from the curse of sin upon the earth. You may think to yourself, there's, there's no way, but it's, but it's true. Everything bad in life is because of sin. God made everything perfect. He himself said he made things. He said that they were good. Everything in life was good. Yet the impact of sin is felt everywhere. We find it in our fears, our phobias, our worries, our stresses, our sickness. It's in our minds, our bodies, our spirit. Sin is everywhere and we deal with it every day. Romans chapter 3, 23 says this. It says, for everyone has sin and we all fall short of God's glorious plan. God has a different hope for me and a different hope for you. Here's a few thoughts about sin. First of all, sin is very deceptive. Sin offers you something only in the present. Sin does not give you a long-term plan. It's always about the here and now. Sin is also destructive by nature. It deceives you, it destroys you, but here's what you have to know about sin. Sin always has with it something that we would call delayed consequences. And the challenge with that is this, we can tend to think we're getting by with our sin. We know this from the word of God, we can be sure that our sins will indeed find us out. The longer you go, and do not deal with your sin, the more it will cost you in the long run. 
Sin can often feel like a bruise or a wound in our life. Things are under the surface. We can see the, the pain on top, but the, the, the real issue is deeper than that. For many people, their sins, they run very deep. The wounds of our past, somebody else's issues in life. All of us have felt the pain of sin. Romans chapter 6 tells us that the wage of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Because of his gift, we don't have to pay the price for sin. Here's a way of looking at it. Everything in life has a price. A double cheeseburger at McDonald's has a price, or so I'm told. Not sure how much, but I've heard rumors about them. A new iPhone costs a little bit more. A new vehicle costs a whole lot more. A new house, a whole lot more. The price of sin is felt in every area of our life by the one who commits it. And oftentimes that sin goes beyond ourselves and affects other people. But the bill doesn't always come due immediately, but you will pay for the sin. What's the price you pay? Ultimately, the price is death. But Jesus Christ came to give me and you eternal life. What about the idea of judgment? Well, Nineveh was about to be judged by God. They were wicked. God knew this. He said, this has come up before me. I'm going to deal with them. So he sent forth a prophet to say, hey, repent and turn away. You know, sin, I think about it this way. Sin's kind of like a credit card. You can keep charging it for days on end and nothing is quite yet due. Yet the due date and the balance owed is the judgment. That's the time when everything comes to a place in which you have to pay the price. Or what about this analogy? It's the scoreboard. You know, a game's always going, the score goes up and down across the gamut of, of life and different sports, and we see this. But when the final second comes off the clock, that's where the game stands. And in my life and your life, we have to be sure we realize that in this life, life is doing this, but we must prepare for eternal life with God and make sure we're on the right side of God's judgment. Revelation chapter 20, verse 15 says this. It says, anyone not found in the Lamb's book of life was cast in the lake of fire. You say, man, that's pretty stout stuff. It is, but here's some good news. God's always giving us a chance to repent because God's a merciful God. So what about mercy? Nineveh received mercy. Nineveh received the, the, the opportunity to go a different way, and that's what they did. See, mercy is when God chooses to not punish you as he had planned. You just saw the story of Nineveh. The, the king cried out and said, maybe God won't do it. Maybe he will pull back what's coming to us. And that's exactly what God did. Mercy is God's choice to remove from you and from me the rightful judgment that we deserve upon our life. Mercy is deliverance from judgment. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, it says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Watch verse five close. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, who's he talking to there? We, all of us, me, you, everyone. He says, we've been made alive together with Christ by grace. You have been saved. Proverbs 28, look at this. It says, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. 
What did Nineveh have to do? They had to believe the message of mercy. They had to accept they were living a wicked life and they had to repent to God. And what did God do? God pulled back and God relented from them what was their due. God showed them mercy. See, today I think about God's mercy present everywhere around us. We've been talking in recent days about a lot of things related to painful outcomes, even death itself. But here's what you have to know. God, every day of your life is giving you a chance to turn and go a different direction. We serve a merciful God, yet by nature, we tend to be wicked people. But here's what you have to know. God's mercy is always there if we'll simply turn toward him. You know, the part that's cool for me about this, the Christian life, is God didn't just give us mercy. He gave us Jesus. You know why? Because God doesn't just want repentance. God wants a relationship. You know, Jesus Christ referred himself as kind of a Jonah. Look at this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. It says this, it says, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. They all knew who Jonah was. Jonah has all kinds of examples of God's mercy. Verse 40, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Verse 41, the men of Nineveh says will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and indeed a greater Jonah is here. Who's he talking about? About himself. Jesus Christ refers himself as the greater Jonah. Do you see it right there? Do you see it so far? Jesus Christ himself is our Jonah moment. He gave to us God's mercy. He came through the storms of life. Think back in the story of Jonah early on in the story when the ship began to be tossed to and fro. What did Jonah say? He said, throw me in that you may be saved. Jesus was thrown into the pain of sin and death. He was left on a cross to die for us so that we could be saved. You could put it this way. He was thrown into the storm so we could not have to face the storm. We serve a God today who loves us dearly. And we serve a God who is always reaching out and giving to us mercy in our life. When I think about the story of Jonah, I'm reminded of this, that God did not just want repentance. He wanted to start a relationship. And that's what God wants from you today. No matter where you are in your life, I want you to know this. God's a merciful God. We don't talk about this a lot. We've been talking a lot about the common themes of today's cultural issues. But I want to pause right now in this window on Jonah and just simply say, God is giving you and giving me mercy. Be sure that we're reaching back to God. Don't just repent. Build a relationship. Learn to know God. Know who God is, what God has for you through his word, through times like these in the Bible. Learn to find and discover your purpose in life. Know who God is. 
discover your purpose, find your freedom in life, find freedom from sin and difficulty, and then live your life to make a difference. We serve a God that wants to use every one of us to make a difference. You say, how do I do that? Well, you begin by learning who God is. You begin by discovering your purpose in life. What has God designed you for? What has God built you for? What what has God equipped you for? How do you find personal freedom in life? You find it through relationship. You know, nowadays we're kind of pushed away from each other, but we need to get back together because we need relationship. You need me and I need you in my life. We're designed by God for relationship. And then, of course, use your life to make a difference. Jonah is a great example of God's mercy and also being a difference maker. Because he went and preached a message of mercy, people turn toward God. I challenge you right now, use your life. Use every moment to turn someone toward God. God has a message of hope. God is a hope-filled God, and God has a plan to bring us back to relationship with Him. You guys have been a great crowd. Can I just pause for a second and make sure everybody here is on the right track for eternal life? I never know who's watching a service like this and when you're watching it, but here's some good news. No matter where you are, God knows where you are, and God loves you just as you are. Can I pray with you right now? If there's any doubt in your life right now that if you died tonight, you wouldn't make it to heaven, pray this prayer, believe it in your heart, and receive the amazing gift of salvation and receive God's mercy for your life. Are you ready to pray? Come on, let's do it right now. Say, Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to be my Savior. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. I confess that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And today I announce and I declare you as the risen Son of God, my Savior and my Lord. In your name I pray, amen. If you said that prayer, I'm telling you right now, by faith and trust in the Word of God, your name is the Lamb's Book of Life, your sins are washed away, and you have begun the first step of a new life in Jesus Christ. And we want to connect with you. If you don't mind, if you said that prayer, tell us who you are. Comment on the thread beneath me right now. Text the number on the screen. Let us know who you are so we can connect with you and help you on the plan that God has for your life. You've been a great crowd. Can I bless you? Hand up high. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May his love surround you. May his grace flow through you. And may you walk every day with the mercies of God in your life. God bless you. I'll see you back soon. Have a great day. Calvary Church, it's been so great being with you tonight. And maybe you made a first-time decision to ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, or maybe you rededicated your life. If you would text your name to the number on the screen, we would love to pray with you, answer any questions you might have about your relationship with Jesus Christ or even next steps here at Calvary Church. So just text your name to the number on the screen. We want to help you in this journey with Jesus Christ. 
Calvary, we love you. We're praying for you. We can't wait to see you again. And don't forget this coming weekend as Pastor Marty kicks off this brand new series, Against All Odds, bring someone with you online to worship God and to hear this incredible message. We'll see you guys next time. Have a great night.